Tim. Welcome to the third episode of our second series of this podcast about living on canal boats during COVID-19 lockdown. It's January 2021 and we are into our third week of this latest lockdown. What differentiates this lockdown from previous ones last year is that we are going into this one in the light of hope, as a vaccine has rolled out across not only the UK but the planet. Last year, an incredible global scientific effort to find, develop and productionize a vaccine for COVID-19 resulted in the first person in the world to receive their vaccine here in the UK on the 8th of December 2020. Since then, only seven weeks ago, more than six million people in the UK have had their first dose of the vaccination. It's an impressive achievement to say the least, and it brings hope that soon we may all have our freedoms back to be able to hang out with friends and family again, go to the pubs and restaurants, to see live music and to travel. The hope certainly lifts the spirits, but sadly it's not all as quite as simple as that. News headlines today talk of 7,000 COVID-related deaths this week, and that weekly rate is rising. There is the ongoing warning that lockdown might continue beyond Easter. Police are breaking up more and more illegal parties of people defiantly breaking the lockdown rules, with £10,000 fines for party organisers and £800 fines for party goers. Production problems in the making of the vaccine is causing supply delays and as a consequence international rows over exports. We now have security people on the doors of supermarkets and entrances to parks to enforce the wearing of face masks. Unemployment is higher than ever and growing. High street shops are closing. And despite the hope of a vaccine, a cursory glance at the daily news headlines would suggest that it's complete chaos out there. But what is it like in here, inside the gates of Hockleyport Moorings? This week I asked some of my neighbours how they were feeling about the current situation and how it might be affecting their lives on the canals. I started by asking Harry, who is one of our youngest boaters here, what he thought about the forthcoming vaccines. Wow then, vaccines. So I'm very fortunate in that I've actually got a couple of friends who are far cleverer than I am uh, and have been working on the vaccine in some way or another. And the one thing that never ceases to amaze me with them is the amount of patience they've got with people who are sceptical about taking it and who are sceptical about the whole process of the thing. And I'd like to take a leaf out of their book. And I'd like to say that to anyone who is reticent, I can kind of understand it and I can kind of understand where you're coming from. But I would, uh, I'd urge you to uh, trust my mates. Has anybody had the vaccine here yet? Anne has had her first vaccine. So Anne, we don't know how old she is, but she is an incredible human. Mm -hmm. Um, I suspect she's over 80 because she has had her first vaccine. And she came and knocked on the side of the boat to bring us a letter from the post room the other day. And I spoke to her two metres apart on the thing and she said, I'm off to get my vaccine. And I said, oh, you know, do you need any shopping? No, I'll do it while I'm out. She's great. We do a bit of shopping for She is great. But I think she's had her first vaccine. So she's had her first one. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting to see how that that goes for her. And off-site, my mum, who we bubble with, she has had both of her vaccines. Yeah, my dad's had his. Yeah, so that is a great relief. And so we're watching them closely to see how that impacts them. Although it appears to be that they can't go out any more than they could do when they didn't have the vaccine. No. They're being told that they still mm-hmm. have to stay in because they could still be carriers of it. Yeah. 
But at least they're not in danger they're not of a, imminently yes. getting ill and yes. uh, being in hospital. So it's it's an interesting thing on the boat. When we went into the first lockdown last year, I think everyone naively thought, well, when the weather gets a bit better, we'll just go and camp by the sea if we can't do anything else. And of course, we weren't allowed to travel, which is completely understandable. I think we were both quite surprised when they said we weren't allowed to travel on our boats because you couldn't be more isolated than being in the middle of a canal unless you have to open locks. You've got your own toilet, you've got your own food supply, you might have to fill up with water every now and then. But even then, you could go away for a week with some drinking water on board and minimal showers and you could not go near anyone. And yet we're not allowed to do it. Well, this raises a really interesting point, I think. Apparently, 2021, coach holidays are going to be the thing because people are going to be wanting staycations. They're not going to go abroad for their holidays. And so building on what you're saying there, I reckon canal boat holidays are going to be a hit this year. I think we should rent our boat out. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, how can coach holidays happen, though? Because all those people are mixing with each other. I don't think we're in a state. They may be bo- the bookings may be going up. I don't think they're going to happen, though. But what I'm saying is, I think we should be allowed to go off on our boats. We weren't in the first lockdown, and I get it. We, you know, But actually, we would be less of a threat and a risk off on our own on our boat than we are here, where we have to come in and out of the gates and all the rest yeah, of it. If we just went off to uh-huh. a very rural area... We did our shopping in Birmingham like we normally do and we set off for a week with enough water and enough food. We would not be a problem to anybody. And I I don't want to break the rules, but it's interesting, isn't it, that actually we could be almost taken out of the equation and be a safer bet. So we're in a funny old situation. I got it in the first lockdown. I'm not sure in the second lockdown it makes sense. Let us boaters roam like the water gypsies we are. And they proved it, didn't they, on that TV programme, the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Boat apocalypse or whatever it was oh called. Zomboat. 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 If the you pe- haven't the seen people, <laughs> The people on the towpath couldn't get anywhere near yeah, the people on the boat. Yeah, and they were all zombies. Now, we're not suggesting anyone with COVID is a zombie. But we're being flippant about a very worrying and uncertain time. Penny explains the complexity. I think... The variation, the range of whether or not you catch COVID is so large, we just can't get our heads around it. When somebody you know or someone in an office gets a cold, pretty much everyone gets it in some form or another. With this, you can be living and working with people who've got it and you don't get it. You can be unbelievably cautious and careful and you do get it. Then on top of that, if you do get it, the range is even bigger. Everything from having no idea you've had it to you die. And I just think either one of those on its own would be too much for some of our little brains to cope with. Put them both together and it's actually just almost too much for us to bear. But it's out there, it's horrible, it's real. Yes, I do know people have died from it and I know people have been horribly ill from it. And I know people who didn't even know they'd had it at all. So I think it is just difficult for us to comprehend. So what's really interesting, and I'm not the only person at Hockleyport to say or notice this, is how no one here, and I don't want to jinx it, has got COVID yet. Yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered whether, living on a boat, we've got special immunities. (laughs) Well, I mean, you have to be quite hardy to live on a boat, don't you? Maybe we get lots of fresh air. We are good with cold weather. We probably have more than a peck of dirt, which is supposed to be... Loads of dirt. (laughs) But it's interesting because, I think we said this, in the spring lockdown, 
because we do have communal spaces here and CRT have put up lots of signs saying no more than one person in the washing room or the post room at a time and you know please wash your hands and stuff which obviously we do anyway but we have communal toilets communal shower facilities we have a post communal room. washing room and a, and, yeah. a, and a post room so whether we like it or not and obviously none of us know how well other people are washing their hands or taking things seriously or you know I'm sure they all are but there's no control it's not like a place of work where there may be an edit and a control so we all stay away from each other and we do any conversations we might have in passing it all but outside we're all touching the gates we're all touching we're the all gates touching we're touching the, the post room door yeah. we're all touching the washing machine knob we're all you know sometimes you might go in a toilet after someone else has been in that and for most households unless you're going out into work and stuff you're not in those situations you're containing it all so yeah. you know i don't know how many people are full-time living here now but it's got to be 20, 30. Mm. And so far, nobody has got COVID. And lots of people are going out to work. I go out to work one day a week. So maybe our immunity is very strong if and, you live on a canal boat. And maybe we're about to have an outbreak. Ooh. Who knows? So I think we have been very lucky. And I think a lot of us are very aware of that. I think also there feels a little bit, for me, it's going to happen at some point and then it would be quite worrying, wouldn't it? Because we do all share these spaces. It'd be very difficult to eliminate it, wouldn't it, if we yeah, did get it on the side if a here. couple of people got it. The frustration is real, not only in the clampdown of our freedoms, but also, if not more, on the way our government has gone about organising the preventative measures. I think generally this country has been absolutely, completely rubbish. We're still letting people in and not putting them in a seal quarantine. The one good thing we have done is our vaccine task force that the person in charge of that, Kate Bingham, sounds absolutely fabulous. She did a cracking job of working out which ones it made sense to invest in, to procure, etc, etc. And yeah, there are some blips in the vaccine rollout programme, but it seems to be happening and getting there. So that's one thing we have got right to start on the positive. But on the negative, good grief, what on earth have they been messing around with from the start? I've got an international perspective on this. I work in China quite a lot. We've got a joint institute out there. So I knew what was going on from the beginning. I've got a lot of family in New Zealand. I've got some family in Singapore. I work at a university. I work with a lot of people from all over the world. And we have just been absolutely appalling. Look at New Zealand. They had 12 cases and their prime minister said, Italy had 12 cases once and they shut down. They stopped letting people in. My sister was ill recently. I couldn't get out to New Zealand, even with a quarantine. They're being that strict. New Zealand have been fabulous on this. And guess what? They pretty much got back to normal. I just cannot believe how useless we have been. And we're still continuing to be useless. China, once they got moving on it, they were moving straight away with track and trace and, and all of that. So they went into lockdown, but then we've got students back on campus, back sharing dormitories or four or five students, pretty much back to normal. They're still monitoring it very closely. They're still very strict province by province on outbreaks. But my Chinese students sat normal exams recently. I think another thing, obviously with the with the death numbers every day, you know, growing and growing and really significant volumes of people you know very sadly passing away to this you know i think it's making everyone reflect and really take stock of what matters in life and i've seen a lot of people 
reflecting on the way that they live their lives and whether they are happy in a house or in a flat or living with people or um, living in a city, uh, you know, away from nature and whether they might like to live on a boat instead and whether that would be a better solution. So I can imagine that there is going to be more interest than ever from people wanting to live on boats because they have had this shove up the backside to reconsider whether their life in the way that it is suits them well, um, whether they're kind of living life to the fullest or, or whether actually life on the canals might be better suited to them. And if you are someone listening who is thinking that, then I'd say definitely do your research. But hey, why not give it a shot? Other countries have been insisting on quarantine in hotels, quite strictly controlled on arrival. Other countries have been insisting that you have a negative test before you travel. They've been doing that for months and months. We really are completely rubbish. We're still letting people come into the country and we're not even quarantining them. It's crazy. We have not taken track and trace and lockdown seriously here. I suppose my worry now about the vaccine is that it's not going to make any difference because they're telling everyone not to go out, even, you know, not you can't, just because yeah, you've got the vaccine, the you're not really thing, safe. When, yeah. when will that get lifted? When will yeah. they say, OK, we could all be passing it to each other, but actually 60% of the population have been vaccinated, so you're probably going to be all right. You can mix with other vaccinated people. That would be nice. I mean, my mum in sheltered housing, I would like her to be able to mix with some of the other vaccinated people in the sheltered housing, and hopefully that's coming. So I, I'm very happy to have the vaccine, but how much more freedom will it give me? Yeah, what's I, the point if yeah. we can still have to stay in our bubbles with our masks on? And it worries me that other people will think that and then people won't take the vaccine up and then it won't be efficient. Effective. You know what's going to happen, don't you? What? Eventually, only people who live on canal boats can go to festivals. <laughs> Floating festival. Oh, that's nice idea, <laughs> isn't it? One day we're going to have to have a Hockley Port stock here, aren't we? Hock stock. Hock stock. <laughs> Hockley Port is a small community, and our contributors this week are just a small sample of that small community. But I suspect that the thoughts and concerns expressed here reflect those of many not only on boats, but in the UK and maybe across the world. Hope is coming in the form of a vaccine, but there still seems so many other hurdles to overcome before we can relax and finally have our hot stop. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to hear next week's episode.